1: The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space.
0: Well... Amy, we've done so many episodes now. Sometimes it's hard for me to think of, like, what a given content that we're talking about on a given week, like, what question it wants to generate that we can Mm -hmm. then open up with. Um, But this one didn't... Like, this one I think I pondered for maybe an entire 60 seconds before I was like, that's the opening question. Um, Okay. And so... The opening question of today is, um, we've talked about in previous episodes, like if you had a superpower, what would it be? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I believe your answer was flying or time travel. Yeah, um, I, I always waver. It depends on the day. <laughs> so, Yeah. But let's say you didn't have a choice oh, God. and you were given a superpower and that superpower was shape-shifting what what do do you like the idea of this Um, (laughs) or would this be a bummer for you
1: well could I control my shape-shifting I think that would be a huge like component yeah that would be a huge little like asterisk on my answer because yeah if I can't control it and I just like turn into like a chair or something i don't know like if i just turn into like <laughs> random i guess mean, that's not how it works well but
0: like, yes that's also a concern. so you've like now raised two elements okay, of yeah. the shape-shifting so life yeah so, part so, part one can i control my shape-shifting yeah. part two it, are there rules like i can only be other living right like organic creatures or right. do, can i literally turn into anything at yeah.
1: all because I think, actually, I said that chair thing, like, that was a negative. But actually, I think that would be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> to just um, turn into a chair. Like and No, not a chair. But, like, if you could, if you were that, if you were, like, trying to do, like, a spy mission or something, you could turn into, like, a table. Oh. Or, like, I could turn yeah, into, yeah, yeah. like, somebody's glasses and, like, be on their face. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> oh, my God. God. <laughs> I don't know. Just, like, random. Okay. but uh, But the main, the real, not to get... Go down too far that way because that really could be a whole. Um, but I would need to know that I could control it because just um, sure whatever I believe you're going in in the direction of one of the characters in this show and whatever mm-hmm. she had going on that's a big hell no like yeah uh, yeah, that yeah. my un not.
0: yeah my understanding for the character in this show is that it's at least from this episode anyway. It seemed like she could not control what she turned into. Unlike, actually, now I'm remembering. Remember when we watched Manimal? Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Um, Yes, I do. And he could could change at will into different types of animals, also seemingly of his choosing.
1: I also don't think I would want... Like animals specifically, I guess if we're going with like, it could be whatever, that's fine. But like, I think I would rather it be something like, hmm, I already am thinking and hmm, what is the character uh, in X-Men? She's blue, her, (laughs) she's the shapeshifter. Oh, is that Rogue? no, 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 she does
0: something else.
1: Um. Um. She, oh, mystique. Mystique. Yeah. Mystique. Yeah. I would like to be kind of like her, except for I wouldn't want my like true form to be a blue serpent. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I like her. I like her type of power because it seemed like she could always. Maybe the person had to be there anyway. I don't know how it worked, but I liked her
0: power. So. Yeah, she. I. It seemed to me that at least in the movies, I'm not familiar with a comic book or anything, yeah. but. In the movies, the rules around what she could do seem to shift from movie to movie a little bit. That's Um, fair. And the weird thing about, like,
1: this... Not to jump back and forth, but, like, the weird thing about this show that we watched and the shapeshifter person is that we we already just said that she couldn't control it. But at the same time, when she was in a form that they were not having a good time with, they they would... Talk to her as if she had control over it.
0: I know. I was really confused by that as well, because like the one character is like change. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like You're wasting your um, breath. This is not how this works. I don't I don't know. Like I didn't watch any of the rest of the episodes this week to know like that's fair why they think that she could do that. Um, All I but gotta it does, say is
1: that we don't we haven't done hair talk in a long time, and we don't have to do hair talk in this episode, but we do have to do eyebrow talk. Like, oh, that point. eyebrow <laughs>
0: thing was very strange. I, that was I, very strange indeed. I hated it.
1: <laughs> like we talk we were just talking about things that we find disgusting versus not. I found those eyebrows disgusting. Like they, honestly They made my skin crawl. Like I didn't like that. Wow.
0: But, yeah. Wow. I don't know if I felt quite that way about it. But yeah, I did. We'll get there. Okay. Um. So, hi everyone. <laughs> Welcome to see you next week in space. My name is Sarah. Wait, Alshman. wait, wait. I'm here. Well,
1: sorry, but would you would you want to be a shapeshifter? Would you want that power? Um hmm uh I don't know Uh, I'm sorry like (laughs) that was stumped you it was a question you came up
0: with and it stumped you (laughs) I know I mean like I guess I guess what it is is like so and this is why I guess I wanted to like raise it as the opening salvo Mm -hmm. because it is as we've already discussed like there's X Men. Um, there's a shapeshifter in Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Like it's a, it is in science fiction quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we've really delved into it much yeah. about like what we think about it as a plot device or as a power. Yeah. Um, but it's there quite a lot. Now that being said, um in the context of these things that show shape shifting and all the different ways that it can exist and like what you can do with it or how you might be limited by it. I have to say that for me personally, um, it's clearly not really like struck a chord in my imagination very much. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. um, I'm like, Oh, it's fine. If storylines have that, but it's not that like, it's not that intriguing Um, to you. It's. It seems like it's like pretty low hanging fruit. Oh, to me. interesting. Um, like it, there are other storylines and other kinds of powers or abilities um, that I guess just feel more compelling to okay. me than this. Um, and I guess what that boils down to is I'm like, what does being a shapeshifter really allow you to do? Um, like probably the best effort to answer that question is something like the X-Men movies and Mystique's kind of abilities and how and how they show her using them. Yeah. Um most every t- else like when it it is this like I'm turning into a chair to sit quietly and listen to somebody like and I'm just like I kind of love that
1: I mean it's not it's not that exciting I suppose but I kind of I get maybe it's like my nosy nature I can like spy on I can spy on people and they never know that I'm like a soda can like I don't know I mean, it's kind of fun. I guess yeah, it's, a boring, so, like, it's a boring premise for a show, but as, like, a way to live life, it
0: might be kind of fun. Oh, man. Just imagine a show where it's called something weird, <laughs> like um, Mr. and Mrs. Um, Indistinguishable or something. <laughs> and it's just, like, you and a partner... And one of you turns into a pumpkin, Mm -hmm. and one of you turns into a cat, and then you just hang out around the house of a bad guy around (laughs) Halloween. I love this. (laughs) To figure out, like, the crime that's happening. Oh,
1: my God.
0: Okay, Hitchcock. (laughs) I would watch that. And then, ooh, and then I'm picturing, like, you as the pumpkin. Yeah. Realize you're not, like, in a good location for, like, picking up intel. Yeah, but because you're a shapeshifter, you can like just grow little baby feet <laughs> off the pumpkin, and like and I waddle over, to walk it into a different spot to like oh, get my god the
1: the deets. Is this um, a horror movie or is it a comedy? Because I
0: think it could go either way. Uh, uh, it's I really think it's a it's a bother. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I love it. I, I am on board. <laughs> Um, But now let me return to what I really should say Which is welcome to see you next week in space everyone My name is Sarah Walsh And I'm here with my sister and co-host Amy Walsh And Amy Now I just gave a great idea for a show Yeah I wish Um, we had watched that show this week
1: It Um, would be something I would
0: have preferred it Um, But what did we watch
1: this week? Oh man We watched a show called Space colon 1999 um and it was a show from the 70s and i like have so so many questions but the one the episode we specifically watched was called (laughs) space warp and it is Mm -hmm. season two episode 14 or 16 is that what yeah because
0: on imdb it's listed as episode 14 when i watched it on Amazon, it was listed as episode 16, sometimes so I'm not those, really sure sometimes what that's the, about.
1: Yeah, the streaming platforms are like funky with episode numbers sometimes. Um, and its original air date was December 2nd of 1976. Now, correct. First question: I didn't do. Okay. As always, I don't don't know anything about this show, and I didn't care um, but, or look it up. But are they saying? Is are we to believe? This is happening in the year nineteen ninety nine. I think so, yeah. Wow, the seventies were, um, hmm. were—they thought a lot of themselves <laughs> that that they could advance to this by nineteen ninety nine.
0: I mean, I don't think it's necessarily really about believing that that would happen in twenty three years. I guess, um, but I, but
1: still, like, I mean, nineteen ninety nine, we were like. Wearing flare, we were wearing flares. We were going back to the 70s, and they thought we were gonna be like
0: in space. We'd only just figured out CDs by the late 90s, so yeah, for goodness um, sakes, we were not shape shifting yet. <laughs> we were not shape shifting, we were not creating bases on the moon, yeah. Um, in so fact, also, we still, aren't. <laughs> we still definitely are very far away from the various types of quote unquote technologies portrayed in this.
1: Thing. um and let me so, just also really quick sorry <laughs> really quick I just will let you know that I said what the fuck so many times while I was watching this <laughs> and do you want to know when the first time I said it was uh sure in the credits so <laughs> <laughs> so I'm talking like 25 seconds in I yes. already
0: was saying what the fuck so now before I talk a little bit about the backstory of this show and the cast? Do you have some questions up top you feel like you need answered? Uh, I mean, I, no.
1: I guess it was the nineteen ninety nine thing. I was curious about that's like a baseline thing, but okay. I, mean, I
0: guess everything else we can go as we go. Okay. Um. So for those of you not familiar with Space Colon nineteen ninety nine. Um, which might be a fair few of you, because I (laughs) had never heard of this show, but I have learned it's actually beloved. Whoa. Um, The IMDB description is, the crew of Moonbase Alpha must struggle to survive when a massive explosion throws the moon from orbit into deep space. Any questions? Yeah, like I have no idea, but okay. Okay. We'll get there when we talk about the credits because the credits tell us this story as well to some. And creators. I didn't get that, but yeah. Um, now, something you might not have realized because everyone on the show is quite clearly American. Um, this is actually a British TV show um, hmm. created by the same married couple that we've talked about before on this show, Jerry and Sylvia Anderson, who made the Thunderbirds series oh, of shows. I could see that. I this
1: yeah. Like I could almost see a Thunderbirds episode being like this, this exactly yeah thing.
0: yeah 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 and there probably is one honestly yeah. um and as well like so even though this is with people and not marionettes uh the main kind of appeal or how would I say this like the thing that the Andersons seemed to be known for and what they they liked to do as a creative uh pairing is these things that involve quite a bit of, like, special effect stuff. Special oh, effect Okay, work. well,
1: I've got some um, news for
0: them and those special effects, but okay. Well, it was a different time. But also, interesting, I think, point of note, like, this is the final thing that they work on together before they get divorced, I think, in 1980, if I remember correctly. Sad. Was um, this the reason?
1: Maybe this was the reason, this show.
0: Uh, I don't... I mean, this... <laughs> I. I will say, I garnered from my research on Wikipedia that the production of this was actually quite troubled. Mm-hmm. Um so there's so there's only two seasons of the show. Um but it it did really well. People liked this show. And so as a result, there's like a few different TV movies that emerge out of it. Um because yeah the the production did not go well for a number of reasons. Um, and only some of that it seemed like was about the crumbling marriage of Jerry and Sylvia, and quite a bit more about the the weird sort of, I guess I would say, kind of the issue that that I would say kind of was the central thing that I gleaned from these production troubles was that so the Andersons are British. They're doing mm-hmm. this for British television. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time of its creation, it was the most expensive TV show that had been done for British TV up to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but very early on, and I'm not totally sure, I, I guess this is what it is, is this show was designed for syndication, which mm-hmm. meant from the start, there were um, American executive types involved yeah. in the production production. And then there seemed to be a growing kind of rift and tension between um, primarily American executives. Um, It sounded like mostly located in New York, the New York office of this British company that was making the show, Mm -hmm. Um, and the Andersons and kind of the British production team. Um, So, for example, there's quite a bit of changing around like if we watched an episode from the first season this is from the second season Mm -hmm. there would be a number of characters who exist in season one who don't exist in season two Mm -hmm. um and vice versa uh the tone of the show in season one I guess was quite a bit more serious than the tone of season two Mm -hmm. um the love relationship between um Koenig and Helena kind of doesn't exist in season one it's added in season two um and basically what i would say um is that the american side of the production team kept like demanding kind of more be happening in this show oh. um like get a romance thing in there why aren't oh. why isn't there more action why like, isn't why there isn't more you know...
1: shape shifters in here
0: <laughs> yeah or like something like yeah. sex it up jazz it up i mean it's 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 a very American approach yeah. to things and I guess particularly in the 70s. And then on top of that, like this goes down to the very like central kind of this was built in from the start in a sense because the main characters are played by husband and wife acting duo Martin Landau and Barbara hmm. Bain hmm. um who had both risen to Fame on the american tv show mission impossible oh interesting. and so i don't remember now who said like we should get those two to be the main characters in this show um if it was like a british person or an american person in the production process mm-hmm. but um what i do remember is that sylvia anderson in particular did not want that. She wanted British actors mm. to be and the main lost. characters. Yeah, and like, she lost out on that. And so so like the production was troubled as these like divides between the American um kind of demands and what the show creators, the British so show creators wanted to do. And so then but even though the ratings stayed pretty good both in season one and in season two, um uh the the thing basically fell apart. Um, and in particular, like, even, I think I read something where Martin Landau was like, in season one, I felt like, um, you know, our, all of the characters, like, their stories made sense, and it was kind of a serious thing, but then by season two, it was like, the dialogue was getting nuts, and like, I, the stories were insane, um, so the, so the actors, too, were getting sort of, I guess, alienated hmm. from from the the turn the turn the direction that things were going. Um so also even though you maligned it <laughs> the special the special effects at the time were considered some of the best available um and best in the industry and certainly for TV rather than a movie. Um and many of the people on the special effects team in this would go on to work on both Alien and Star Wars. Like Because original star wars comes out in Hmm. 77 um so uh this is like a precursor to a lot of things that will come later and i would even say that um while this show is certainly influenced or inspired by the original series of star trek i could also see this series inspiring star trek next generation and a number of ways Hmm. um not that we need to talk about it but I you know that's there Mm -hmm. um and then I just didn't um, know what some
1: of these special effects were supposed to be showing me. Like that was sort of, you know, I understand yeah. that like there's the part where they're like flipping around us a, a bunch, and like inside it's very clear <laughs> that it's like the camera that's flipping, and that's fine. Right. Like I I forgive that, whatever. But there was there was one shot in particular they kept going back to it too. Like it wasn't like they just did it once and then we're like oh, forget that. It's like showing the outside of like the surface of the moon or something or other, right? And it's like blurry. I'm like, or what are we? See- what is that supposed to? be and that was where i was like okay that is weird yeah
0: i mean i would say i can see a very kind of direct line especially for the effects that were like showing the ships in space yeah um a very direct line between that and like this the star wars stuff yeah totally um and that didn't bother and me. that so stuff that I, was pretty well executed but yes yeah. there are other parts of it where like and i think i know the part you mean where i was like what is this? Like, is there gravity on the moon now? Yeah. I like, didn't understand. I was um, like, is the moon
1: flipping over? What are we? I'm yeah. not sure. And they kept showing it. And that was the thing. Yeah. Like, I was like, well,
0: clearly we're supposed
1: to be seeing this, but I don't know what it means.
0: Yeah. I also, the last thing I'll say before we move on to the cast is that I also really thought that, well, I personally quite enjoyed the soundtrack of this <laughs> episode Um, it's like a lot of super jazzy sax and stuff. And then what I discovered, thanks to Wikipedia, is that uh, the score for the for season two was done by a jazz musician and composer named Derek Wadsworth. So that's funny. Um, he made. I guess he mostly did the theme music. So they also changed the credits from season one to season two, and so he made the theme music for that. Um. And then he also made some original music for certain episodes of which Space Warp is one. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that music got, like, kind of reintegrated to other episodes as well. So um, I guess maybe the thing that brought people to this show or why um, it's appealing and remains kind of a... It is a beloved property. Interesting. uh, Is because, I like, much like me who likes star trek or somebody who would like star wars there are things in this where you're like that's the start like that's the precursor to what we get to very soon after um but somehow that next like generation of stuff is just better executed yeah. than this um but there's there are things about this that i like Mm -hmm. So I, so it's okay. You know, like, I think that's how it would be. Um, So turning to the cast, um, we don't really need to know a lot of characters that appear in this, even though this is an ensemble uh, cast show. It's an ensemble, but I would say it certainly seems from what I just said that it was always envisioned that commander John Koenig and Dr. Helena Russell would be the primary, like kind of, Uh, what would I say, like, anchor roles to the show. Um, So Commander John Koenig is played by a 48-year-old Martin Landau, Mm -hmm. um, who, of course, I knew who he was, recognized the name, whatever, um, but I I hadn't really fully appreciated the early part of his career Mm. um, and how... Like, this show, in a sense, was supposed to be this special, like, showcase for him and Barbara Bain. Really? um, Because they were both really, like, considered to be quite good, prestigious TV, primarily, actors um, at this point. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it did the opposite for both of them. (laughs) Um, So in the case of Martin Landau... Uh, He started out as a cartoonist and illustrator, um, Hmm. which is kind of interesting unto itself. Uh, uh, Sorry, I feel like I'm going to sneeze, but okay, I guess it went away. (laughs) Um, But even though he did that, he always wanted to act. So he joined the Actors Studio in 1955. His wife, Barbara Bain, also was at the Actors Studio. What I don't know is if they were there together and that's how they met. I'm not sure about that. Hmm. Um, intriguingly, Gene Roddenberry actually wanted Martin Landau to play Spock in the original oh, series really? of Star Trek, um, huh. but somehow that didn't transpire. Um, I'm not, again, I'm not sure exactly why that didn't happen. Um, but so w- what went on to happen is that both uh, Barbara Bain and Martin Landau get their major big break. Um, as characters on the TV show Mission Impossible, hmm. um, and and that's why. So like they, that show is running in the mid to late sixties, um, maybe even into the seventies. I can't remember for sure. And then, also of course, like the the husband and wife of it all, I think mm-hmm. was really appealing to people. And so that's people how they such, get.
1: People are such a little like oh it's so cute they're they're married in real life so it's real
0: (laughs) yeah um and so then they get selected as a pair to Hmm. be the like i said the kind of grounding characters on this show Mm -hmm. um and also yes this i'll be honest
1: i didn't think they had great chemistry
0: (laughs) no i didn't either but but i will say they didn't didn't really really act much together the screen yeah yeah and this one um But for both of them, uh, this kind of, like, represents the end of the first blush of their career where success was kind of leading to more success. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in the case, so they get married, they get divorced in 1981. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in Martin Landau's case, the remainder of the 80s. Uh, is pretty miserable and mediocre in terms. I mean, he still work. He's still working, but it's like not good. Um, but he has a major resurgence, and the reason probably you and I know who he is is because he plays Bella Lugosi in. Um, I think it's Tim Burton does the movie Ed Wood, um, I have not about seen old that. time. Well, we I know the movie. I've never seen Ed Wood either. Um, it's it's a Johnny Depp vehicle um, oh. done by Tim Burton. Oh. Um, but what I do remember is it was really critically acclaimed at the time. Hmm. Um, and his performance was especially like kind of pointed out as being very good. Hmm. And so then that sort of revives his career. Um, and then he's had like I didn't really super recognize any of the things he had appeared in since. Um, but it looked a lot more kind of filled out. <laughs> yeah, like like yeah. that he had he had a resurgence and then he was able to stay at kind of that level mm-hmm. until his death. Um mm-hmm. it, when we turn to Barbara Bain who plays uh Dr. Helena Russell, uh she as I said went, also went to the Actors Studio. Um and in fact, she really did well on Mission Impossible because she played a character called Cinnamon Carter. And uh, she was the first actress to ever win three Emmys in a row for that character. Whoa. Um, And I think it's, like, best lead actress in a drama, I think is, like, the category that she was in. Um, So, like, and that's interesting, too, because, like, the name Martin Landau meant something to me. The name Barbara Bain meant nothing to me. Yeah. Um, But clearly in the 60s and 70s, She would have been like, oh, yeah, we know her. Um, Yeah. uh, Her first credit is all the way back in 1958. Uh, She was in a movie also that intrigues me, My Mother the Car. Don't know what that is. Whoa. Don't know. I would watch it. I'd be intrigued. Um, And what's even kind of more striking uh, is she, despite... Because she also had a real nadir in the 80s um, career-wise, which is not to say that she didn't work, but she wasn't doing great stuff. Um, but she's still working now. So so she's continued to work into the present. Um, and now, like, you know, I what? She's probably in her 70s, I guess. Um, mm. Or maybe even older than that. Older uh, than that. Older 70s. than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Older than that. But she's still around and still, like, she has... Um, something like in production. I want to say right mm. now. So she clearly is like doing all right for herself. Yeah. Um. Then we have the character of Maya, played by a thirty-two 32- <laughs> year, thirty-two year old Catherine Shell. Um, Catherine Schell not really kind of had let's say a patchy acting career. Mm-hmm. Um, to some degree. But I thought her life story sounded really fascinating. Uh, She was born in Budapest, Hungary, uh, to an old aristocratic family who, Mm -hmm. before her birth, had gotten, like, all of their property taken away by the Nazis, like, in World War II. Um, So her family eventually immigrated to the U.S., I want to say probably in, like, the late 40s, early 50s. Mm -hmm. But then moved back to Europe because her father worked for Radio Free Europe. Hmm. Um so they so she lived in Munich for a while and so her acting career uh kind of blows up in Europe. She prem- oh, most of her credits most of her credits are European. Um like she also I want to say like went to London to study acting. So she's been in a lot of British things like so hmm. she was in Return of the Pink Panther, Doctor mm. Who. Oh. Um, she also appeared in most of the TV movies that were spin-offs from this show. Mm. Um, but also intriguing, uh, she is also still acting and apparently is in an upcoming Monsters reboot.
1: Ooh, cool, fun. I wonder if she's um, playing
0: the mom. Or the is there a grandma? I don't know. There's prob- I think there probably is a grandma in yeah. that. It's like an Adams Family ripoff. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I I immediately was like, well, she's prepared to do some monster roles. Well, <laughs> uh, clearly. <laughs>
1: well, but, well, I've got questions about that then too. But we can get uh, there.
0: Yeah. So she's around, and then the only other two people who really kind of have any meaningful dialogue in this story are a character named Alan Carter, who's played by a 34-year-old Nick Tate. Nick Tate is an Australian actor um, who started acting right around the same time as Barbara Bain, though he's 10, well, 11 years her junior. Um, and much like a lot of Australian actors, it looks like he did a lot of bouncing around between Australian, British, and American TV shows. Mm. Um he was in one of our favorites favorites that we talked about when we talked about Ocean Girl, the Flying Doctors. Oh, yeah. Um I love that. He has been in some episodes of Star Trek Next Generation and Farscape. Hmm. Um he did something in Hook, which I was like, this is weird. Oh. I don't know what he was in that. Huh. Um and again, much like his castmates, he is still acting um though the thing he is in right now the most recent thing is a thing called strange chores
1: hmm.
0: um which is an animated show huh interesting and then finally we have San- the character's name is Sandra Bennis or Benz um and that's played by Zienia Merton who is 31 hmm. um she was born in Burma and then moved on to live in Singapore and Portugal at various points in her Mm -hmm. life. Um, And then, much like Barbara Bain, she began as a dancer and then transitioned to acting. That, again, was, like, in the United Kingdom. Mm
1: -hmm. So,
0: similar to Catherine Schell, most of her credits are British credits.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So she's in some Doctor Who episodes. She's in the movie Help. Which I am saying hmm. primarily for mom's benefit, since she's a Beatles <laughs> fan. Um, and then she was in a show that I don't know what this could be, but it's called The History Man. Hmm. And I don't know if that's a time travel show or what. But as Just a, a historian, history it sounds boring. As a, <laughs> a historian myself, I'm like, what do you suppose that shows about? Who knows.
1: One of your um, colleagues. It's about
0: just a man who likes history, I suppose. So, so that's the people we need to know uh, to round out this world that we are dropping into now. <laughs> um, and again, I usually say like a brief bit about credits and then move on, but this credit sequence um, had a lot happening because a lot was a lot of work was trying to be done in this credit <laughs> sequence. Um, and it,
1: none of it got done. I'll be honest; it didn't help me. Cause, like, so first of
0: all, the music is great. <laughs> I, like, it's like very nineteen seventies wild jazz. It's like ba da ba ba da ba 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 da And like, I and I that I loved. I really did. I'm not okay. even joking about that. What was maybe a little bit more concerning coming out of the credits is that the credits are trying to I mean and many shows do this they there are even credit sequences kind of like this in TV shows now where they try and kind of like tell you the basic story as a yeah. segue into the show. So yeah. in this case, we get our good old title cards can't exist without those. Um so the first one just simply says Moon base Alpha dot 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 not helpful not helpful at all <laughs> and you're like okay cool and then it says massive nuclear explosion dot yeah, dot little, dot a little clearer uh then next scene next title card moon torn out of Earth orbit dot 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 that seems concerning yep and finally hurled into outer space. Dot dot dot.
1: Okay. Sure. <laughs> and um, just as like wait, wait. And then okay, so is that that's all that it says first before they even show any of the actors, is that
0: right? Right, right. Okay. We have not even seen one person's name or okay. like their face doing an action. Like okay. this is all just to tell us the story, the okay. basic premise of the show. Okay. Um, so any questions?
1: Yeah, I mean, no, but yes, but also I don't care.
0: Um, so this is also one of the things that did get pointed out about the show, which was, so, okay, I'll just say a little bit of the backstory. I haven't watched other episodes, but I got this from Wikipedia. So the general thing here is that Moonbase Alpha is on the quote-unquote dark side of the moon, which somebody pointed out there is no technical dark side of the moon because the moon rotates, so every side is the same. So um, you're
1: telling me that... wasn't? Didn't Pink Floyd have a album called yes. Dark...
0: Oh, they are lying? Wait, wait, wait. You're trying to tell me that rock and roll musicians... Wait a ...told <laughs> you incorrect scientific information? What? what? Does, does anybody else know that that's fake? <laughs> probably not in this day and age uh go go back and listen to our journey to the center of the earth episode to hear all about hollow earth oh. flat earth etc um here we are again this is a whole this is a whole moon conspiracy we know there are moon conspiracies because it's also <laughs> about like did the moon landing even happen who knows i saw um, the strings so anyway the premise here is though that These people on Moonbase Alpha. Moonbase Alpha is basically, if I understood correctly, like a super fancy garbage dump in the future. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And their job is to maybe manage... new. That's right. They, like, take away nuclear waste and deal with it on the moon, I guess. And so that's why there's this massive nuclear explosion that knocks the moon out of the orbit of Earth. Um, now, I think it, oh, I remember. Golly. Isaac Asimov, famed science fiction author, Isaac Asimov, pointed out, for an explosion of that force, that it's, like, knocking an entire moon out of the orbit, the moon would also be exploded.
1: And probably
0: the Earth as well.
1: (laughs) Great. That Maybe that's what they meant for this to be, is, like, these are the only people left, is these people... Uh,
0: But in this show, the whole thing is like they've been knocked off the course of Earth, and they seem to just be like weirdly floating through space on a moon, yeah, and just hanging out.
1: And my understanding, I like you know, I know shit happens in this episode, but like, do they have a mission? Question mark. I don't think so. It doesn't sound like
0: like it. I would just go the fuck back to Earth. Because the thing is, that what I didn't understand, and this episode certainly didn't help me to understand it, um, they've got like a command center, they're on this base, they've got some shuttles that they can fly around in, but it seems like the moon, which the base is on and that they all live on, simply moves around at random for them to encounter different things her storylines
1: yeah and like here's the thing about space problems um this is like god i hate i fucking hate space problems because the main the the part about it that's so infuriating to me is there's a very clear solution always and that solution is to stay the fuck out of space never go there You and, like, there's going to be a space problem if you go to space. Like, it's just, like... Of course.
0: Yeah, So don't,
1: don't go.
0: I know. Um, but they do... Well, I guess in this case, they didn't... They chose to go to the moon. They didn't choose this next thing
1: that happened. Yeah, but there's now. always going to be a next thing, is, like, my I point about space. Right. But the, yeah. okay, the place where I said what the fuck in the credits was they started showing the people, like... Right. Martin Landau, normal. Barbara Bain, normal. Then they right. showed the fucking lady.
0: <laughs> yep. Catherine Shell's bit. Yes, I and know exactly what you're about sh- to say. They Go show, on.
1: They show her and then I like, I'm gonna try to explain what it was because it's not normal to say. But they like no. zoom in on her eyeball. <laughs> Correct. And, yeah. And and I can't remember if it showed like multiple animals or just showed like one creepy. It like, showed multiple from... animals. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I like it literally like flashed different weird like animal things in her eyeballs, and then just pre- then went on to the next thing. And I was like, I literally said, "What the fuck?"
0: <laughs> what is I that? know. I I I similarly had to rewind that part partially because I wanted to make sure I had all of the title cards correct. But I had <laughs> I also saw that and I was like, wait a second, what? And why, why
1: are we, like, why is it, are those things all, like, in her eyeballs? What's happening? Like, I, I know, well, I understand yeah. that they were trying to, like,
0: tell show us that, us that she's a shapeshifter.
1: But I didn't yes. quite get that from that particular shot. Like, well, I was just they, like, what is that? No.
0: And then they use that same device in the show itself. Yeah. Like, we get a preview for what she's going to turn into in yeah. her eyeball, which I, I didn't understand. Like, I just don't understand... From a like cinematic or storytelling perspective, I'm like, I don't see how that device works. Like, it doesn't make sense to me that you would need to do that. But that's what they're doing. So um we come into this the show very confused. We're in Sick Bay at the Moon Base Alpha. And we start with a voiceover status report done by Dr. Helena, I forget her last name, Helena Russell.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And this, so this bit, to me, was very Star Trek Next Generation-y and just original series as well. So we we start in with a VO status report that, like, drops us into the story, basically.
1: Um, Space, the final frontier.
0: (laughs) Endy. Isn't that Um, how Star Trek starts? Well, no, that's the credits. It's like oh. because this is the pre-credit. Oh no, this is after the credits. Um, in mm-hmm. Star Trek, it does the cold open, oh. and the cold open has a voiceover of like log, blah blah. Oh blah, right, right. You log, know? log. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. And so in this case, we learn that they have been out of Earth's orbit for 800- eight hundred, eighteen hundred and seven days. Which I did just do this math yesterday, but now I need to do it again to figure out. I think it's. Yeah, that's just about five years Damn. uh that they've been away from Earth. Yikes. And uh we learn that Captain Koenig is on in, in one of the shuttles examining a derelict ship that they encountered, and that Maya has contracted a fever, and that Dr. Helena doesn't really know how to solve it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we go into the sick bay and Maya is writhing around on a medical table shouting quite a bit um and, and all i could see was her eyebrows
1: like it was <laughs> so distracting she had for well her her makeup and her eyebrows um both disturbing really in my opinion because her makeup was like crazy contour situation happening like yes. on her cheekbone but like to the point yes. where it, it looked i mean it just looked bad but um, well, I think it
0: was supposed to was like she supposed to look animalistic I've, or something. No, like I've seen stills of it, and I think what they were trying to do is they like painted like like a not a widow's peak exactly, but like mm. a deep kind of V shape down onto her forehead that then kind of curved outward around the rest of her forehead hairline to come down under her cheekbones into yet another deep point and then go back you know into her hairline and that was that's like kind of a weird dark brown yeah. color and then i think also even her hair was like that same color brown at yeah. the hairline and so i think what it was i think what it was supposed to look like is that that's just like markings on her skin like oh. that's what her skin oh, cause looks she's, like that's not she's makeup, not human
1: Right. Oh, whoa, whoa, right, right. Okay. I kinda of forgot that. I mean I Because she's a species called Metamorph. Okay. Okay. I didn't quite get that. But
0: okay, her eyebrows. <laughs> and that's why her eyebrows are weird as well. Okay, fine. But, but it just yes. looks so Dive cool. in. Dive well, in.
1: So I don't even know if I can explain it, but it's like it does look like real hair. Um, but it's like bumpy. And they were like little circular bumps. Yeah, I didn't think it looked like
0: real hair. I oh, thought really? it looked like almost as though they asked the actor, Catherine Schell, to, like, shave her eyebrows, or maybe they waxed them off. And then, yeah, they, like... Either... I mean, I don't think it was her her real eyebrows. It's not no, no, saying, no. But, but like, like, and then they... I don't know what they would have used, but I would have... The way it looked like to me is if you took an eye like an eyeliner mm. pencil or mm-hmm. something and then turned it to the side yeah, and made little tiny like diamond things with it and like just were like oop, oop, oop,
1: oop, but you did not think you didn't think it looked oop, like raised because the part the, the fact
0: that it, it looked- did also have a it seemed to have a kind of a a it looked to it
1: yeah yes. it looks raised and that's why I found it grotesque <laughs>
0: like, yeah you know, like,
1: something about the raised aspect of it that really like scaly yeah, kind of maybe does, like for some reason it, that's something that makes my skin crawl like I don't know how to explain it but like I did not like it I'm like trying to look up pictures now to see if I can like
0: well because also be. I definitely didn't mind it but and kind ugh, of forgot it's like, it. Ugh. But okay. then I'm when. I'm looking at a picture of it right now and it's so. I, I really hate oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I really hate like, it. I didn't mind it. But then, yes, in the close up, I I my eye kept being drawn to it. And I was like, yeah. I don't know. I hated it. It just looked unnatural in a yeah. very particular way. I hated it. So she's having a freak out. And she keeps screaming out. And then in my handwritten notes, I wrote down. She keeps calling out for Mentos or like uh, Mentor. <laughs> mentor. Didn't you keep saying Mentor? I was like, well, that actually makes a lot more sense than what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like. Um, but
1: I don't know who Mentor is, but Mentos. No, me amazing. neither. It's a Mentos commercial. Can you imagine? Like, I and know. All of a they, like, come out with the Mentos and like, they carry it the way they do yeah. in the commercial. Fresh goes better. <laughs> Mentos fresh and full of life. Like, Did they, did they uh, have those
0: in the 70s? <laughs> I'm sure they did, but like, I I clearly was like, why is she asking for mentos? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so Maybe men- that's like her medicine. I don't know, but I think mentor actually makes a lot more sense <laughs> in the context of the show. Yeah. But um, I don't know who she's referring to. No, I don't either. But so she's writhing around. She's kind of saying nonsense. She's telling Dr. Helena that she's got seeing visions of volcanoes erupting. Like, something's really wrong. Um, So Helena is contacts um, or she's trying to get in touch with Koenig who is off the base in this ship to Mm -hmm. tell him about Maya's condition and I don't know what she thinks he's going to do about it but I guess maybe what she wants to say to him is like you better get back here. Something's about to go wrong. You know, Whatever. Mm -hmm. And it turns out That something is about to go wrong. But it is not (laughs) precisely what Helena thinks is a problem. Because then, uh, as you were indicating, the camera starts to really shake around quite a lot. Oh, my God. Um, And, like, it's flipping over and we're seeing people, like, like, fakely going, like, I'm bouncing. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, And then there's, like, some crazy music that's also happening. Um... And it's your typical then we, space
1: problem as it starts. Yes.
0: And then we cut to the ship that Koenig and this other guy named verdeshi are in, doing, you know, they're on this thing to look for this derelict ship. Mm. And they literally, like, see the moon, which is where their base is, where they live. The moon just disappears. Yeah. And what I what I can't remember, but what I wish were the case is if they just cut back to these two men and we see their just jaws drop. Like, that's what I wish. <laughs> like, two little O mouths, like, being like, what? What just happened? <laughs> um, and then we go to commercial. And when we come back from commercial, we have the title card that says Space Warp. And so, like, even though the credit stuff is kind of turned all around this like cold open uh telling us the name of the episode thing that's a very star trek kind of way of doing it yeah um so then so yeah so we know the basic problem and we've we've set up both our a and b story in the cold open and now we're getting into it okay um so finally the base settles down the spinning and the whatever uh ends, and we go into the command center, and um the characters Alan and Sandra are there and they're trying to figure out what's just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and they realize that they've gone through a space warp, and that okay. correspondingly, oh, Wait. go ahead. Scientifically,
1: I think I know the answer, but is a space warp a thing? Well. So here is
0: because it sounds
1: fucking fake
0: to me. Space space warp is not anything, as far as I know. Mm -hmm. Um, what I didn't fully understand is what seemed what they seemed to go through was what has become known as a wormhole, Mm -hmm. um, which nobody has ever found evidence of because we aren't really doing space travel but right. that many theoretical physicists say it's that's probably a thing that exists somewhere okay. in the universe um so, so they're just I calling think, it a wrong thing they're just like i guess a different thing than what it might yeah be? yeah because i i'm trying to remember and i don't really like i've watched all of the original series of star trek but i think even they like, I don't they think the term up. wormhole... <laughs> no, they absolutely do. Um, I don't think the term wormhole comes till later. So people okay. are, like, saying these things because they're saying... What they're trying to capture is this idea of, like, we've hit this pocket that allows us to travel um, from one through... point to another way faster than is normally the case. And yeah. that's what this space warp thing is.
1: They just um,
0: they just went in the fast lane, people. Calm down. Indeed. <laughs> uh now, of course, the issue here is that they can't get back through the space warp because they can't control the moon. Um that is a problem. and Koenig and Verdeshi have been left behind in this previous spot that they were. Okay, I sort of didn't um, get that. I
1: sort of didn't get that they were like all one situation. So, yeah. like, I was like, why do they care? That put, Yeah, they were gone.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they have worked out. This is mostly Sandra who says this. She's like, this is where our position was, and this is where we are now. And I think she even says it's, like, five light years, um, which is, yeah, she does. She says it's five light years, which is far away. And <laughs> and worse still, the ship that Koenig and Verdeshi are on, doesn't have enough fuel for that kind of trip um and also because this is like the, the ships that the moon base has I think are only meant to be for like short trips and things so they don't mm-hmm. have like the full kind of like scanners and sensors mm-hmm. and all the jazz well he says at um, one point
1: I forget which one was one of them says something like we only have enough fuel or something for like a million miles. Okay. Or some right. bullshit. And right. I was like, damn, that seems like you're unprepared. <laughs> and, and
0: like, their ship isn't, like, it has sensors, but it's not, they're not powerful enough. They can't locate where mm. the moon has gone. So mm. like, even if they, like, so problem one is they don't have enough fuel. But yeah. problem two is they don't even have the right, like, Technologies <laughs> to find to find the moon to go to the place in the first place. You know, I mean, so, so they're like fucked. Yeah, they're in trouble. Yeah. Um. So that's basically our B story for the rest of the show. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, back in sick bay, Maya is really destabilizing, and she's <laughs> screaming out that she's losing molecular control. And she wants Helena to put her in restraints. And why doesn't um, she? She does. Oh, she does. Okay, okay. Eventually. Helena doesn't want to do it at first. But um, Maya's like, no, seriously, you really have to because I don't know what's happening. I'm about to
1: turn into a gilly suit.
0: Into a stone <laughs> monster. I don't know how I would describe what she turns oh, into. Um. Okay. Hmm.
1: Stone monster. I kind of like that. But like a stone, like a hairy stone monster. Yes,
0: correct. Well, so, so, okay. So, so this is happening. Dr. Helena is having a really shitty day. So there's this (laughs) happening. Then she gets a call from Alan, um, and he calls her up on the TV phone and says that Koenig, so Helena and Koenig are in love. Mm -hmm. um, And Alan tells her that. Her partner is missing in space. I mean, not Um, the best news. No, not great. Um, Meanwhile, I guess maybe Helena is a bit distracted by that because Maya wakes up. And this is, again, where we see this eyeball thing where we (laughs) go on a close-up of Maya's eyeball and we see the face of this stone monster. <laughs> and I'm calling it stone monster because... It also because sort of looks like the creature from It the also Black could Moon. be. It also maybe was scales. But, like, the yeah. way it... Because of, like, its coloring, it was kind of like a gray, yeah. green color. I just kept thinking of, like... It had the look of, like... When you see, like, ancient renderings of, like... Here, people wanted to make something that looked like a face. Like, yeah. that's... And and it's in this old stone building.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, It kind of had that look to me of it. And so then we close up on her eye, which has then this reflection of this monster. Mm-hmm. And if we had been watching the show prior to this, we would know that that's, like, the Weird form adventure. she's
1: about to take. Got it. And we're screwed is what we would know. Yes.
0: <laughs> um... But even before she turns into that thing, she, I guess because of, like, the nature of how these transformations work, she has, like, extra super strength. Mm. So she pulls off her restraints mm. and she turns into, yeah, it's like a stone creature, but it also has a bunch of hair somehow. It's real gross.
1: It's, like, it's not I, cute. And I really, like, I, I... I described it in my handwritten notes as a Wookiee Sasquatch. Yeah, Sasquatch um, is a good other wookie oh yeah i see yes 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 um so but here's my question they showed like there's human eyeballs in there so like it's definitely somebody in a A person in a suit do you think that it's that actress no it definitely it's quite
0: obviously a man oh is it okay i wasn't sure yes because (laughs) okay so she wakes up as this creature and starts fucking shit up immediately (laughs) Uh, she attacks Dr. Helena, who gets, hits her head and then, like, passes out. She breaks out of sick bay and starts, like, marauding through the halls <laughs> of the moon base. She attacks the crewmen who in- encounter her. And in my handwritten notes, where she's attacking these people, I wrote, Obvi, a man in costume.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's what I'll say. I absolutely, like... No spoilers. I absolutely hated this. And like everything about it is like everything I hate about yes. sci fi. Um, I knew it as I was watching it. I was like, Amy's going to be so mad at me. And yeah. Like I, we're not friends anymore. But the, <laughs> like, but the, uh, but this, <laughs> the, I do enjoy like a crazy like actor in a crazy like suit, outfit, suit thing. Yeah. So I I enjoyed parts of it because it was so silly. And the way that he walked, like, um, like was very monkey-ish. But, like, it was... So I do enjoy that, even though I hated this show.
0: Yeah. And I guess the argument could be, like, she's a shapeshifter, so... It doesn't need to be a woman in this suit. No, of course like, not. Like, yeah, absolutely. But it was she just very. Obviously. She could be a soda can in a
1: suit, but like,
0: it- <laughs> you're really onto this
1: soda can. Thing. I'm just like saying things that I'm looking at right now. I really,
0: like I, I really feel pumpkin with baby legs is really what you. <laughs> that want. is better. Yeah, that is better. Um, no, there's no reason it has to be a woman in a suit. No. Um, but I. I would also say probably the reason it isn't a woman in a suit is because of sexism and like lack of female stunt people even now, you know. Oh, like, and I think like probably they'd be like, "Oh, well it's
1: not as believable that like right. someone I her guess. size." Yeah. And also I would hope in a more like with a more progressive lens, if I were that woman, I'd be like, "Hell no, you can't see my face in that. That I'm not doing that bullshit." I'm only doing scenes where you see my fucking face. (laughs) Right,
0: yeah. And it is wild, too, because I just now had a flash of what it looked like. Like, you know, most of it, like, certainly is a suit that probably had a zip-up that you, you know, whatever did. And, like, a wig on top of your head. But then the face maybe was makeup because I think so, it, had... it looks
1: like it's just like shit put on somebody's face. I think.
0: Yeah, because like then I was like
1: picturing like the little eyes peeking yeah, the, that out. Was the like, part was that was like there was something creepy. very weird looking
0: about it for it, sure.
1: Oh yeah, I didn't like the close-ups of the face. I'll be honest; yeah. like it was not appealing. And well, we'll get there. But the next thing that she turns into is Becomes like
0: god awful, also bad. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then. Uh, There are reports coming back to the command center that a massive animal or monster is attacking people. And so Alan, who I guess is in charge while Koenig is gone, he puts out a security report and says to kill the creature on site. And we have some dramatic music um, because, of course, Alan doesn't know that the monster is Maya. So we're like, oh, no, is Maya going to get killed? Okay,
1: I have, here's the thing, I literally, not to derail this, but I literally just googled monster space 1999, and there are so many pictures of weird ass things from the show, (laughs) and I'm curious if they're all her, like,
0: if, I mean, some of them might be, uh,
1: there definitely are, but like, I feel like, how would they not know that the, she seems to shift into like, lots of weird shit, wouldn't they at first assume it was her? You know I, mean, I mean,
0: that sounds reasonable. Oh, my God. I no, guess... There's just,
1: like, a picture of her eyeball with it. <laughs>
0: <This is crazy. laughs> um, yeah. Uh, wow. But I think in the context of this show, I think the reason we're supposed to believe this is because Helena got knocked out, so she couldn't tell anyone mm. that the monster is actually Maya. Mm-hmm. So, so then we cut to commercial. We come back. Helena wakes up and... But then there's this other doctor who's there. So I'm like, why couldn't he tell Alan that this is Maya? But so the other doctor is Dr. Vincent. And Dr. Vincent tells her, like, Maya's freaks the fuck out. She ran away. Now there's a kill order out on her. So then Helena calls up Alan on the TV phone, um, really upset. And is like, no, you can't kill this thing. The thing is Maya. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. Um, so then he undoes the kill order. Um,
1: meanwhile. how married are we to Maya? Like, why (laughs) do we, (laughs) why do we, are we like just, we just absolutely can't kill her? Um, I guess it's like, I don't remember because cause she's a character that's added between season one yeah, and season two. I get two. it. I get it. I'm joking, but I mean, it seems uh, like I'd be like, you know what, Maya? I'm sorry, babe. You're done. But, like, you're you done. You shift into shit and you can't control it. Like, I don't have time for you.
0: Yeah. So we're left. That story is left for a little while. Uh, we end up back on the ship lost in space with Koenig and Verdeshi. Mm-hmm. And they've decided that. They're going to go to this derelict ship, which is what they were like originally investigating anyway, and they're going to go there to see if the ship still has any fuel left, which they might be able to use to get back to Alpha Base. Mm-hmm. So that's where they are. Cut back to what's happening on Alpha Base, and it's not great. <laughs> um, Helena and Dr. Vincent are trying to make a tranquilizer that will knock out Maya, and... Um, and now the, the yeah, um, the reason, I don't totally get why they make this surmisement, but mm. they think that in her current form, which yeah. is this monster thing, stone monster, yeah, um, that she's going to try and get back to her home planet. Like, she's going to take one of these ships that they have, and try and get to her home planet. I don't know why they think that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, because my understanding of, like, how her specific power, whatever you want to call it, works, it's she's not in there. Like, she is no, not controlling no, she's the situation. Gone. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's not like they can sit and have a chat with this monster and be like, <laughs> so, like, tell us about your childhood, Maya. Like, and the that monster. would actually be funny. Like,
1: if she was just, like, if. <laughs> if she just like shapeshifted but then was like, hey guys, it's chill, it's don't worry about it. Like, what else we need to do? And she just like, I just look there, like, like this. I just look and like I this guess, now, but we do the rest of the show And like I guess
0: this. that's also even a another element to the question I opened with, which is can you control the shape shifting? Yep. And are you still can, you? right? Like and are you conscious or yeah. or is this like having like a fugue state where yeah, you don't yeah. remember anything? Yeah and in our and case it's that.
1: Like I don't, I want the opposite of what she has. She, that yeah, is a, this I think that's a terrible power. I mean, it's I don't yeah. think it's a power she has. That's just like what no. She it is. seems to be a
0: trait. Yeah, it's just.
1: But that's I, a horrible power. If we're talking powers, yes. like being able to do a thing but having zero control over it is like that's useless to me. It seems like yeah, yeah. No, it would be a
0: real bummer. Yeah. Um. So it turns out though that they're right in this kind of prediction because Maya does uh, head to the shuttle bay and gets into a shuttle and tries to start the launch process but I guess she has been hit by a tranquilizer dart because she's also starting to feel the effect so like the launch process is like taking kind of a while
1: mm-hmm.
0: and not really done properly because then she gets the, sh- the shuttle she's in going but mm-hmm. like Alan has made it so that you can't, like, the shuttle bay doors are not opening. So she basically, Mm. like, launches the shuttle (laughs) into the ceiling of the place. Oh, yeah. And then the shuttle, like, kind of flips over and there's this massive explosion in there. Um, And then they send in some, like, special team to, like, fix the fire and also rescue Maya from it. Because... Here's the they thing, here's the thing. I'm so sorry, I can't...
1: <laughs> Ooh, the, uh, mm. I've not seen this show before, obviously. I've not watched any other episodes, don't care, you never will. But I would assume, if this is, again, a character trait that this character has, this Maya person, this happens frequently, that she shapeshifts into something else, and I would assume they're all bad.
0: They um, don't have to be all bad. they don't have
1: to be, but I assume they use it as, like, a problem to... Solve. maybe yeah sometimes i guess my there's the point is like don't they have some systems in place <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't they have some systems in place to alleviate this like maya when you start to feel this way i know she was sick blah 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 but like when you start to feel this way like you go to this area and me like put you in a cell and you, i don't know something some type of something
0: yeah and i also to me it's not very clear cuz so, okay. So one of the things we learn, and it's in the context of this. So they rescue her from this fire. They don't really spend a lot of time on, but we know from our other Space Problems episodes, fire in space is not good. No. Um, you are in trouble if this is happening. But they don't even care about that. So now the problem has become that Maya has been injured when she's in this stone monster form. And mm. Helena does not feel comfortable operating on her because she, Helena is like, I don't know what kind of life form this is. <laughs> I know nothing about it. I never and, went to Stone Monster Medical School, okay? I'm so correct. sorry. <laughs> um, and so I am hesitant to do anything to this body in the form that it is now. And that's when she starts saying this other thing, which makes no sense, where she's like, telling Maya to change back yeah
1: that was like she's they are dumb
0: <laughs> and like also so she's shouting at this person or this organism that is one semi-conscious two mm-hmm. in this form where presumably it does not speak your language yeah um and as At least from this show, it seems like Maya's consciousness is gone when these changes yeah, happen. Yeah, so girls, like she's wasting her
1: damn time. Just operate and stop yelling. And,
0: well, and then Alan is there. And this is another reveal to how the, the metamorphosis in this species seems to work. Because Alan is like, she only ever changes for an hour. And she changes into these mm. other things. So can't another you just wait 15? Reason.
1: Yeah, another reason why you have things in place you can put you can hold a monster in some type of chamber for an hour
0: like well they can't though they can't control this monster and they can't control the next monster she changes into they need to work on that like they need to figure Um, something out because so alan is like just wait 15 more minutes and then she'll go back to maya's form and i guess the implication there is is that helena at least understands that life form better Than this one, yeah, and so, but like Helena
1: is a human, I guess, right?
0: But Helena is like, well, I don't think she can wait that long. Um, I think I have to operate as Maya is now. So as soon as Helena is about to do that, Maya's pulse starts to go really nuts. Um, and this is where I really got confused uh so then maya's pulse goes nuts she is no and then she starts transforming again and she transforms not back into her maya form but then she's a male version (laughs) of the same species of alien that maya is yeah that was weird i really didn't understand that and then i was like is that mento's (laughs) like is that (laughs) oh my god
1: but when she's
0: oh my god but when she's in the form of Mentos Mm -hmm. um who also like okay oh man like so much is happening here so when she's in the form of Maya even though you didn't like her appearance she is still a traditionally Attractive, no, a, yes, Female I like form.
1: Her, I didn't like her eyebrows specifically. It wasn't her appearance, right? It she had great eyebrows. long
0: hair. That was yeah, great. I was. Fine and she with looked like a tall, statuesque woman. But then when she's in this male form, it's like a dumpy <laughs> old fuck. Well, I mean, sort of checks out uh, to me. <laughs> like, uh, so I don't know what that's about. So then she turns into Mentos. When she's in the form of Mentos. <laughs> um, He also is freaking out. And mean but, and rude. Yes, but because he's in this more human-eyed form, they're able to stun him and, like, knock him out, and they kind of, like, try and restrain him. But then, even that form turns into a different Yet another monster. monster. That this looked... One. I just called it weirdo monster in my. I notes. mean, it's I arguably crazier. Figure.
1: It's arguably crazier looking, but it's not as. It's like kind of frog. If, if I remember it correctly. It looked like a frog. It's called like a froggy yeah. head situation. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, yeah, the eyes. So, like, whereas the <laughs> previous one was like person in suit with crazy wig and face makeup, this was like. Person in full suit, like covering head all over, covered probably secret eye holes somewhere. Yeah, and the face of this thing does look like a nightmare frog, um, with like big bug eyes and whatever.
1: Oh my god. And so, then (laughs) okay, first of all, like, there, I literally have now googled space 1999 Maya monsters. It is a trip, like, I bet. It is wild, and they just show the part wait, where her eyeball like
0: goes into wait, thing. What did you
1: Google? Space nineteen ninety nine Maya monsters, and it's just like there is a lot happening. Yeah,
0: there's a lot here. Uh, <laughs> there's there's quite a lot here actually. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, this new monster, yeah, uh, similarly bad. Yep. Um, But we need to leave that A story for a second to come <laughs> back onto the lost ship with Koenig and Verdeshi, who are now docking onto the derelict ship. They get inside the derelict ship and are looking for fuel or anything else kind of of use. And that's when they see a video message from the captain of this derelict ship. And the captain is saying that they were part of some kind of convoy in space that included a mothership. Mm -hmm. And they were separated from their mothership by going through... Because the mothership went through a space war. Mm Okay. So they are basically the same situation as Koenig and Radeshi find themselves in now. Mm -hmm. Um, And this particular... Uh, entity, we don't really know what it looks like. It's got it's clearly a humanoid form, but it's in a weird mask. Um, <laughs> and that's probably because they didn't want to do makeup on anybody, they were just like, just slap that mask on and we'll pretend it's an alien. Um, yep. But basically, what this uh entity says is that they spent quite a long time trying to figure out where the space warp was. But by the time they had figured it out, like, everybody had died because the ship had been very damaged in some way. Mm-hmm. And so he's, like, the last survivor, and he's basically like, um, uh, like, I can no longer use this information. So if you find this, you know, this is where you can find the information about where the space warp is. Like, it's coordinate. Okay. And so... So Koenig and Verdeshi watch this, and they say, okay, we're going to look for this information about the space warp and try and use that. Mm-hmm. So there we are with B story. Back to A story. you got to go with these monsters. That's more exciting. It is more exciting, because <laughs> now monster number two, um, which I'm trying to think. Did I... No, I didn't write down what I thought it looked like, but it definitely had a froggy quality. Yeah. Um, Monster number two is now, like, punching its way <laughs> through the airlock to try and get out to somewhere. I don't know where. Yeah. Um, But so it's punching, punching through the airlock. And of course, Alan and Helena are like, it can't, if it punches through the airlock, that's extremely dangerous for all of us because yeah. we cannot live in space like this. Right. Um, so we need to figure out what to do. They also discover that in this form, this monster is like immune to the stun gun setting that they want to use on her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they attempt again to try and knock her out with a tranquilizer, but it doesn't work. Um, So what in fact does happen is so first they trap they open the one side of the airlock door that Maya's been punching yeah and then they shut that and then she's caught in the airlock and they try and tranquilize her by putting gas into the air it doesn't yeah. work yeah then Maya starts punching the other side of the airlock <laughs> to get out into space mm-hmm. and that happens yeah <laughs> so <laughs> she breaks out into space And Alan and Helena, Helena in particular, are like she can't get out into space because then she'll die because most things die in space, (laughs) right? right, right. Um, Because you you know, no air and stuff. Um, But what they discover is that whatever this organism is that she has transformed into, being out in space is okay for it because it has a secret air supply. In aye, it, aye, and aye. I think it's Dr. Vincent who likens it to how a camel camel has water in its humps, oh interesting so so we have I think our final commercial break now, and so when we come back, or no, I think it's the second to last one, we come back now, Maya, in the form of this monster, is walking around on the surface of the moon, mm-hmm, um. And I think this was also something you were alluding to at the beginning. So we have this scene that is supposed to be taking place on the surface of the moon. Um, Maya is walking on the ground without a spacesuit. So then my um, first note about this is, like, there's gravity on the moon now. Yep. Yep. Um, because also... The rest of them did too, because the two... Right, yes. They're driving around, they're driving around in a space jeep. Yeah. After her. Yeah. And the jeep is staying on the ground. Yeah. And they're staying on the ground. And so then they have this very weird, like, chase slash fight between Maya, Alan, Helena... And the car. Like, all of them are fighting with each other. Um, Alan manages to knock Maya out by hitting her with the space jeep. Hmm. Um, In response, she throws a rock at them. After she's gotten knocked out, we realize that Alan's oxygen tank was damaged by getting hit with a space rock. (laughs) Um, Helena is able to fix his O2 tank. Mm-hmm. But Maya, I guess, is still passed out. Now, all of this is confusing for a lot of reasons. But <laughs> I think perhaps this the the most confusing part is, like, I think what they tried to do here, rather than... Because, like, we've learned this from other space movies we've done, to actually do... Gra- anti-grav stuff is really Very hard expense-
1: and expensive I would imagine yes yeah expensive and hard to do yeah
0: so it looked to me like what they did to try and kind of give you the notional idea of no gravity mm-hmm. they used slow-mo instead oh that makes so that's sense. why this had such a strange quality mm. to I it. I may have been
1: dozing at this part. I'm not going to lie. Um That's fair enough. <laughs> it felt like I was
0: sleeping when I watched it.
1: I feel like um, I was like, having dreams about them in that Jeep,
0: but I don't really know. Yeah. So I, I I mean, I'm not totally sure, but it did. I think what they did was like, we're going to put this in slow-mo mm. and that will kind of give an effect that feels strange. And yeah. so Interesting. it won't. You know, like, it's not quite the strangeness of anti-gravity, but it's, you know, like, it will give a feel that it didn't work for me, but, like, fair (laughs) enough. So, meanwhile, back on the lost ship, Koenig and Verdeshi have found the information from the aliens about how, about the coordinates Mm
1: -hmm. for
0: the space warp. Mm -hmm. And so they decode that information, and then they decide to go through the space warp and there is a bit of discussion amongst them about if that's the right thing to do
1: Mm -hmm. because
0: this like the ship that they're on is not as i said like not really designed for like long trips and i think verdeshi even says like our like what if we get kind of like killed by going (laughs) through this (laughs) Um, We get like a little bit Killed. What if we get, like, a scotch, deadened by this? Like, just a scotch, though. A little bit. Um, like, so he raises that, and Koenig's response is like, well, the moon base got through. I'm like, you don't know that either. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, that's
1: a big assumption, bro. Uh, but nonetheless, they go through the
0: space warp.
1: Here's another trope in uh, uh, science fiction that I feel like is – people jump to lots of conclusions. And yes. I, and I will say, I find a lot of times they tend to be right. You know, they might be yes. wrong. Oh, wrong, yes. They might be yes. wrong one time or whatever to make it more like heightened, but they tend right. to jump to crazy conclusions and end up being right a lot.
0: <laughs> well, like, I mean, they even say in this, which I don't think is meant to be like a meta joke, even at all. <laughs> but early on in this show, in this episode, um, Helena is asking Alan about the likelihood of Koenig and Verdesche getting found, mm-hmm. and he's like, "It's all about luck."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's their, ex- and that's the thing about again in science fiction movies and the like, all of it, the whole genre is there. These people are so fucking lucky because the craziness that ensues generally in these space problems would generally end in catastrophic, des- total
0: disaster. Yes. <laughs> Um, so in this case, though, and I kept waiting for some reason, what I thought was going to happen was -hmm. that there was going to be some kind of connection between them finding this abandoned ship and Maya having this freak out. Like I was like, oh, like some kind of secret germ or code or something Mm -hmm. like from this other ship because it's these other species of thing would be the explanation for why Maya freaked out. But it turns out, no, these stories are not connected (laughs) at all. Instead, we come back from the final commercial break. Oh, no, Mm -hmm. not yet. Um, We... Maya has been collected by Alan and Helena and brought back into the moon base. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, um, Alan has returned to the command center... And they're wondering if they should keep kind of waiting for Koenig to come.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know why it's a matter of like should we stay or should we go? Because I'm like, you can't. Where move are they the going? Moon, Can you? Like, I don't really get it. Yeah. Um. But then, uh, I guess like the various um repairs that needed to happen after having gone through the space warp are finished. So full mm. power is restored to the base. And when full power is restored, Sandra's like, I'm picking up something on the sensors. And it's like, oh, man, what is it? It's Koenig's ship that's just come through the space warp. Yeah, And yay! Meanwhile, back in sickbay, Maya is returned to normal. There is no discussion of what happened or why it <laughs> happened. Um, because even... It was just chaos for chaos's sake. Well, the thing that I didn't really understand from this is like if there are rules to maya's transformations like there Mm -hmm. seem to be like that she holds these other forms for an hour for example seems to be a rule yeah what i don't understand is like is this something where like in every 24 hour cycle there is one hour where she's something else that she can't control is that what we're saying is happening Mm. and 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 are we saying that this fever that she had maybe like messed with that yeah. general rule like hmm. never maybe. cleared up, yeah, never no. cleared up so then final commercial break, come back, um we're in the command center. Helena's there. it you know all the chaos has been sorted out, and Koenig is speaking to her through the TV phone mm-hmm. and he's like. Uh, where is everybody? And she's like, oh uh, Maya's resting. And he's like, oh man, you guys just got to like totally she relax <laughs> while we were dealing with our own trouble. And in typical fashion, Helena has like a smirk and she's like, Yes, it's just been nothing but quiet here on the alpha base. End of show. Like, <sighs> you know, winky wink, ha ha ha. We love it. Yeah. Um, that's it. And that's the exact
1: reason why they don't have any procedures in place. They're lying <laughs> about the fact that they have this like maniac shapeshifter situation that
0: they should yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot going on. Um, so let's just dive into yawns and eye rolls then. Yeah. Uh yawns. One yawn being like Oh man, this is edge of my seat material here. Um, and then Tenyons being like. Oh. Nope. Ooh. Ooh. Uh,
1: I don't know. It wasn't like boring per se. I definitely did fall asleep at parts, <coughs> and um, it definitely like.
0: In fairness, in, you
1: would do that to any. Yeah, content, and in fairness, and in fairness, I was like still in bed, and like, oh so boy. that like, I was like, well, I gotta watch this shit. I'll watch it here." Um, but I, I, it's just because I hated it so much, and it's everything that I hate. I'm gonna give it a high score because it
0: deserves sure. it. And I'll say like eight. Wow. Um. So I, uh, I somewhat disagree. Uh, like, I think the thing that, to me, I was struck by, which has been kind of a theme of the past few things that we've watched, is, like, this was, like, kind of a longish uh episode. Like, I think it was, like, 49 minutes. Yes, um, exactly.
1: It was 49
0: minutes. <laughs> you would know. Um, <laughs> but, like, not very much story happened in that time. Yeah. Um, And so... Just by virtue of that, I'm like, this is a bit slow, like, what are we doing here? And so yeah. um I would give it a five for that reason. Cause I'm like, yeah. there could either give me more stuff happening or make this shorter, but like basically make it shorter. As it as it is, I I don't like yeah. the the pacing of this. I yeah, um, agreed. In terms of eye rolls. He 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 he. Um, she said dubiously. Um, one eye roll is like, God, I don't even know where to begin with this. Um, that that's not the scale. That's me trying to figure yeah. out how to do yeah. it um one eye god I don't even know
1: what is what Uh, what I rolls on the scale of like oh Jesus Christ I don't know to like whoa I still don't know yikes
0: yeah yeah you're you set the tone on that one then let's do that so go ahead try and pick something (laughs) I don't know because both of those on the
1: scale is like what it um the thing is I feel like from the sci-fi from what I know of sci-fi just from doing this and from what I know from you nothing this was not groundbreaking in any way it's very no middle of the road like we got your shapeshifters we got your space problem we got your gray ships in the night even
0: like even by the mid even by the mid 70s this was like very well-worn territory yeah
1: so like in that sense it's not irolly in the sense that I hated it (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to give it a ten in terms of. Iro. Oh wow, wow! I'm, I'm like so over it. It's more, like, and it's more. It's more like not roll, like oh, this is so crazy. But it's just like I'm over it. Like I don't yeah. have any need for this in my life. Yeah,
0: fair enough. I yeah. So I think though, in my case, again, I am going to sit right in the middle at five, mm-hmm. precise, but almost kind of again for the same reasons, which is you are not doing anything new here yeah um you're not doing anything bad per se but um it's just like a something bad, Im- but... like like if you're gonna do camp then go full camp like yeah. go there like because the maya storyline kind of was yeah the but they were B like doing it kind of seriously wasn't. yeah yeah and that was also often the comment of like critics and stuff about this show was, like, the unevenness of... Like, what is it trying to be? Yeah, like, are you... If you're serious, then you can't have monsters, like, look like this. (laughs) Um... If you're funny, then you need to like do even more of that. It needs to be like, funnier. It needs yeah. to actually be funny. Um, and and like the other people acting around these scenarios yes. need to be funny. Seem yeah, like you're, everybody <laughs> looks very serious, in this. Like, like this
1: shit is not funny. It's like there's you yeah. look at monsters, and it's crazy, but that's
0: but it doesn't make it funny, right? Um, so that's I guess really ultimately maybe the the true issue of this show yeah. is like even aside from like the the production battles that were happening um and maybe because of them mm. it's very like uneven it's yeah. it's like neither nor anything yeah and so because of that it's kind of hard to latch on to yeah. um as a viewer so i think i know the answer to <laughs> both of these questions did a- you like it's a
1: hell no this. and a hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't like it, and you wouldn't
0: recommend it. No, I would not. Um, I I don't think I liked it, but I do think I might recommend a little bit of a light scrub through watch. <laughs> um, mainly because some of the elements I did really like. Like I'm not kidding. Like I really liked the soundtrack. Here's what, to here's this. what I recommend. I
1: recommend googling. Base 1999 yes, maya masters
0: i, I 100% <laughs> i absolutely 100% recommend that for that sure. i
1: recommend everything else no thanks uh
0: that's a that's an uncategorical <laughs> recommendation um but like for the the like i did like the credits for yeah. the the soundtrack and for the fun of it i liked the soundtrack generally speaking i mm-hmm. liked the uniforms we didn't really do much oh, of yeah. fashion talk but i liked well, they looked how the uniforms like they were from looked. the
1: 70s they were like men, yeah. men in like heels it was like very 70s
0: and like cool bell bottoms <laughs> yeah. um so like there were some things there that are worth like maybe again like i said a light scrub through check it out sort of thing um but in terms of the overall product i don't think i would recommend more than that no well uh Don't know if we're gonna come back next week. (laughs) (laughs) Because hey, listen, as much as you did not enjoy this, you were like really just killing it with the comedy and the hot takes.
1: Because I mean I mean, I maybe coming from a place of anger does tend to be funny, I think. (laughs) Maybe sometimes. And I this made me angry. (laughs) I mean,
0: I guess the question is – because, like, you you were so angry about the cell that you were actually, like, stonily silent a lot of the time. Oh, yeah, because yeah, that one um, made me angry
1: because I, like, straight up didn't understand it, I think. So that one made me – that one was, like, confounding and angry. This one, there's, like, nothing to get. <laughs> so I feel like I understood it perfectly. So I still had a lot to say about it, even though I hated it. <laughs> Fair enough. Does that make well, sense? Well – It does.
0: Uh, And on that note, I will say thank you, everyone, for listening this week. I'm Sarah, and I'm here with my sister, Amy, and we will see you next week. In space!
1: Hopefully not on a gray ship in space. Hopefully it's something that's not as bad as this
0: bullshit. Come on. Be a sport. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at See You Next Week in Space. Until the next one.